Hey, everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... The Summer Winds, uh, drifting in on Sunday. Summer's over. Hey, you want to think of the update of the theme there? Your son is very talented. A little edgier this time, but it's the same basic feel to it. But you know, Pierce Affleck, Farhaven, check him out playing somewhere soon near you. Thank you, Pierce. Farhaven, just in case you missed that, Farhaven. They're very, very good. If you have an opportunity to see this band, it's wicked. Watch watch on uh, YouTube. There's some great performances there as well. But I digress. George Affleck, yes. what what episode are we in here? Like, are we, what are we? Are we like five years, six years? Where are we? Like, I've, well, I've lost you know, track. We were talking about this before we took a break, which this was our longest break ever. We left in July, I guess. Uh, I, I, I kept saying, because, you know, uh, on uh, those shows like American Idol and all those shows, they do, they count every season as a season. So this would be like our 18th season or something. Wow. So we're like Survivor. We're, we're like the Survivor, Survivor of BC Poly podcasts. 20 seasons. Yeah. I would say we started in 2019, right? Was there 18? We did. Pre-pandemic. Oh, I think it was end of 18, actually. Okay. Anyways, it's been a lovely time. And here we are back for a new season. Yes, we do. Okay. And where do we start? Uh, honestly, like, let's have a couple things. Housekeeping, yes. if I may. Yes. A little bit of housekeeping. So Unspun, an updated theme uh, we're still going to come to you every Thursday. Like and subscribe. Unspunpodcast.com is where you find us. You can find us on social media, of course. We're still at George. Underscore. Underscore Affleck at Jody Vance. Jody with a Y at Jody Vance. But we might go a little bit shorter on some of our episodes. We were kind of going 30 minutes as our heart out uh, up to this point. But we're going to go longer when we need to and shorter when we need to. That's going to be how we modernize this. So Let's let's go a little rapid fire here, and we're gonna go hardcore local because that's who we are. But just mm-hmm. before we do, I mean, what a summer for politics, both uh, across North America. Let's just say whether yeah. it be the political landscape in Canada, which we'll get to in a moment, but what's happening south of the border. Just to get your take on what's happening with Donald Trump, with ninety-one or whatever uh, charges now against him, and four indictments and what have you, still maintain it's helping him. He's good to go. Yeah. Top of the polls by a long shot, and and the only uh, viable competitor that's you know is a, is a person who's even more <laughs> uh, potentially uh, contentious than him. So uh, it's going to be very interesting what happens, and it just seems to be bolstering his numbers. And uh, will he be in jail when he runs for office? Which maybe, or will he just be in a bunch of trials? Uh, it's very very interesting what's going on down there, and um, it's like a it's a circus. It's like there's a show on HBO called The Circus, which is uh, worth watching if you can start again a couple of weeks. But it's a great show about American politics. We should do um, one unspun special over the holiday season, perhaps when people go back on vacay and do a what what you should watch and what are we watching? Because I've got a bunch I want to catch up with you on, which we sidebar uh, when we talk off camera uh, about. So now let's bring it back home. Um Federally, federal politics, we've seen a massive shift. I mean, as you often have educated me and us, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, a few months is a lifetime in politics. Uh, this last few, a couple of months since you and I chatted, has seen a massive shift in the approval rating of our prime minister and a surge in a guy who's 
chucked his glasses, rolled up his sleeves, put on a gray T-shirt and talked about common sense. Conservatives surging now in the polls. Yeah, not only federally, provincially, we'll get into that. Yeah, the, yes. uh, Polyev seems to be surging. Trudeau's way down in the bottom there. Uh, I think he's below the NDP right now. So yeah. it begs the question, will he call a leadership race or will he stick it out and take the party down with him? I mean, there's still a possibility. He has a minority government and another minority government could come in. And I can't imagine the NDP or, you know, the bloc, I guess, could partner with the conservatives. But I certainly don't think the NDP would. So the, the question will be how well the NDP does and how they might bolster the liberals continued uh, minority government in the next election if they if they do if Trudeau stays but certainly based on the numbers right now Trudeau is in, in getting a lot of heat about his leadership and uh, um, you know uh, with good reason and maybe it's time for a change which typically happens so let's put the unspun lens on this not unusual for a, a leader who has been in for the amount of time eight years eight years eight years if I mean if you've ever watched Pierre Polyev Pierre, Pierre Poly ever politicking uh he says those catchy uh, mm-hmm. liners, right? And and it's not unusual. It doesn't matter the party. After after a couple of terms, people are looking for change. And in the unspun vein of when people are screaming about inflation, screaming about housing, screaming about affordability, crime, public safety, all of these things that you and I talk about all the time and we agree with, not unique to Canada. Um, issues mm-hmm. of inflation and fuel costs and housing and um, um, migrants, the, the shift of people around the globe and trying to help people who are fleeing, you know, untenable situations. There's a lot of that all over the place. So I just want to just give that unspun sort of reality because there's a lot of headline clicking, clickbait and and just, yes, me too. Oh, my God. That goes on. And it works. It works in politics. To, to it does, although it's, it, it, yeah, totally. It's interesting right now. And by the way, we are we are a part of this uh, the the Facebook Meta ban on, and which is making news the news cycle a bit curious uh, for getting information, certainly on the federal level. But we too have been uh, put into that list of uh, you can't find us uh, some of our shows. I think more of our archived ones maybe, but uh, are no yeah. longer available. Uh, I have a workaround the, the for that. Content. Oh, you do. I have a workaround. Yes, I do. On my iPhone, I can screen record our uh, oh. our podcast so that we can actually put it up so people can watch it. We just won't have the data of the people. So it doesn't help, um, you know, the smaller uh, online uh, publications and news organizations who really no. need to sell the advertising. Get it. But we're not really uh, here to sell advertising as much as we're about educating people for now. Uh, we'll figure out more. But uh, we will spread the word one one way or the other. Let's get into uh, down home right here in British Columbia. A big move in Abbotsford for the BC United, seeing one of their members a walk across the aisle and and really give some some fire to the Conservative Party of British official Columbia. Official party status. I know, of, right? Official party status for the Conservatives, which means money. Uh, and office space and all those things that come along with official party status in Victoria. And a question. In question period. Any question period, and it, and it's it's just you know the NDP are going. Thank you very much. We'll uh, enjoy that next election victory without any uh, competition. It's really really bad uh, that the 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 center right of center can't get it together. Um, and part of it might have to do with the name change. Um, uh, it's an opportunity. Well, it's an opportunity for the conservatives because oh for sure 
for sure. You know, they're yeah, going, yeah, yeah. oh, I see what you mean. Nobody knows what conservative is. Yeah. <laughs> or what's united? Nobody knows because you got to do a whole brand process for that. So, you know, that's what I, we've talked about this. The name of the BC Liberals to me was a nice, uh, confusing name. And you pulled a lot of federal liberals into the fold because of that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Now they're going, okay, who am I voting for? Probably the NDP. I don't know. But, you know, that's they got the, you've got EB though, this, this stuff that happened in Chinatown, this horrible stabbings with this person um, who had been just let out of jail. Uh, and, not jail. And, you know, he, yeah, not, not jail. Sure. He wasn't in jail. He was, yeah. he, let me, let me just go over it because I've spent the yes, last go little over bit it, because on. Because this is, this one drives me crazy on another level. I'm with you. So his name, his name is Blair Evan Donnelly. He's 64 years old. And back in 2006, he murdered his daughter. His 16-year-old daughter, he murdered her, stabbed her to death, uh, was found not criminally responsible. So he did not get charged criminally and go to jail. He was remanded to a forensic psychiatric hospital in Coquitlam Colony Farm, I believe it's called, is it? The Forensic Psychiatric Hospital in Coquitlam. Mm -hmm. Then he was allowed out. The Provincial Review Board decided he was allowed out on a day pass three years later in 2009, and he promptly stabbed his friend. Then he went back in, obviously, into uh, the forensic psychiatric hospital in Coquitlam uh, until this past Sunday, where once again, the Provincial Review Board decided, yeah, you know what? He can go unaccompanied into the community. Uh, mm -hmm. And he stabbed three people at the Light Up Chinatown event. Thankfully, those three people have non-life-threatening injuries. But can you imagine the trauma of those three people? a couple in their 60s and a young woman in her 20s and the people around them that witnessed this, they're traumatized forever. Like this public safety issue cannot be allowed to just fall off the news cycle again. These random attacks right. and the, the not criminally responsible, we're going to use the term NCR moving forward. That's what we mean, not criminally responsible. And you know what, George? I, for one, am actively asking for accountability on the paper trail or the digital trail that can take us to the people that said it's okay if this person who we found out today mm. was mm. was actually deemed unsafe this april he was or he was perhaps we can look back at some of the policies of several organizations including the pivot legal society which david eby was a was a part of along with other organizations that fought for the rights and and the freedom of of people who potentially shouldn't be let out of, out of uh, you know, institutions uh, onto the streets. And here we have a premier who's saying he's white hot, mad about what happened in Chinatown. I'm going, excuse me, wait a minute. Is that That's not a pivot. Hip hypocritical of your policies that you've been fighting for about, you know, letting people have their freedom? This guy passed all the tests uh, that, that are required that, that organizations that David Eby Led, but he didn't, though. See, George, there's a, there's an okay. important detail. The news today, well, the news okay, yeah, today mm -hmm. is a fact that in April, this past April of 2023, he was deemed to be an ongoing oh, risk to the community. Yes. Okay. So yeah. he did not check all the boxes. So while we can talk about Premier Eby and Pivot Legal and 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 you know, getting rid of places where that that house and some would say warehouse and it's wrong and it's a you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest situation and da, da, da. that i'm just going to push that over there because somewhere along this process a box was checked and somebody should be held responsible for that and mm -hmm. and there's no accountability here there's no responsibility here because most of these review boards obviously for privacy reasons um are kept 
secret or silent or quiet or it's none of your business or whatever. And it is the business of that family of the couple or the 20 year old or the many other people who have been attacked by those who have been released on day passes that were still a risk to the community. When is the community going to be uh, a, a greater importance? Exactly. This, that's, I was just going to say that because I'm going, what is going on? Because, okay, here's an example where, you know, that lawsuit against the, the, the building in Yale town about the, the safe injection site that was happening yes. a couple months ago, right? They were suing. Yes. So I, I went for a walk today to go to a meeting and get, I walked past this facility, which is a, if you know, Vancouver, it's right across the street from a park. It's a safe, it was a safe injection site. They were asked to close it down uh, next spring. I think it is, it's a while away. Um, and it's been a real problem in the neighborhood. And you've, yeah. if anybody's following the news, they've seen all the problems that this place is causing. So it, the, the neighbors had to create a, go and have a lawsuit against, uh, fight for their rights to have the freedom to live in their building and their community. Uh, but as a result, because of these neighbors privately pursuing this, uh, they are, there was three police officers now are stationed in front of this building. So is that what it takes for me? I have to actually create a class action lawsuit to to get protected in my neighborhood now is that what we have to do as as residents we can't just assume our governments will do their job and keep the majority of us safe it's crazy it's crazy well, i want to i'm going to i'm going to double down on you but like i'm going to double down on your crazy cuz also new today while you were in your meeting didn't have a chance to connect on this there has been some movement and update on uh the decriminalization and the open drug use in some places. We're finally getting to the place, George, where playgrounds and splash pads and water parks, uh, you know, you can no longer use drugs on the swing set at the school grounds. How are we in a place where it took until today, until September 14th, 2023, to actually write down that it's not okay to use in a schoolyard? Like... I, I don't no. understand how we got here. I don't. I, I legit, and that's I not see, a politicization. I just don't understand. I don't see, I mean, it's just getting worse. And we have now this whole rent control thing we have provincially. That means to, that nobody's going to be building any rental buildings. I know the GST is getting waived now that got announced today by the federal government. That's something, isn't it? But, but who wants to build a rental building when you can never, ever make money if they keep this rent control that they've created in this province? It, it's it's proven that rent controls create a a a narrowing of construction a supply problem of rental buildings because why build them so you're going to see a surge of of strata developments in the city of vancouver specifically but anywhere why would you build a rental building okay sure i save five percent on the gst but i can't afford to maintain the building once it's built so why bother uh it's crazy the decisions that are being made that you know in a generation you'll see uh we're already fifty thousand units of social housing behind in this country because of federal decisions now we have the provincial uh, rent controls we're going to be at another generation. We're going to have two or 300,000 missing units that are needed. And we're going to have homeless people everywhere because nobody's going to build these units for anybody because the private sector is not going to do it. And the government's clearly not doing it. So who's going That's to, going to be the shift? Going to I do think. It? You've said this from almost day one of this podcast, because housing's been a constant for us, affordability around housing or just access to to yeah. any type of housing. I mean, I remember I lived with four people in a two bedroom when, you know, growing up, we've all had some level of it at some point in our life, but today versus back in my early twenties, when I was doing that crash pad thing today, it's a three, my $400 a month studio apartment is now a 
you know, $1,000, $2,000 a month That's studio apartment. I, I, yeah, a, a one bedroom is almost $3,000 a month. Let me tell you how wages have not kept pace with that. And I think what you said about um, those those low cost, not fancy, on government land, easy built, not you know, the little walk-ups and what have you that need to be put on public property and, and you, temporary or not, I don't yeah. care now. Like, let's get some roofs for people. Yeah. Let's go. The incentives are disappearing for any private That's sector crazy. development. So, so it's, you know, a 5% GST is nice, but it's not enough. Where's the federal yeah. housing program? Stop with this rent to control. This is the exact same argument about the empty homes tax. I always say, they were so focused on this five or 6% of empty homes. Meanwhile, yeah. the 94% of the full homes, why were we not focusing on building more of those? Why yeah. are you obsessed with these 6% when we should be focused on the 94% and build more of those? And yeah. except we, I hope we do. Politicians focus on the wrong things because they want to win elections. Obviously, it's like, yes. But even if we started building madly right now, even if we had the resources and the people, because the manpower, the people power to actually build these are you know, at a premium because the people who actually do the building can't afford to live here. Like they can't. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and the, and okay. The, and, yeah. yeah. And, and we, and we're, you know, we have, uh, you know, Vancouver is desirable, but Hey, I know a lot of people that have moved to Calgary, young people who are moving to Calgary and they just yeah. can't afford to be here. And you see the, the Calgary rental and housing markets getting red hot. Yeah. I have a friend who's trying to be decided to sell her apartment for a, a year now in Vancouver. Yeah. And she had a first, per, yeah, in, in Olympic Village, one person came by in the last three months. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. Because uh, I've yeah. had a couple people um, move the size, there. But yeah, yeah uh, there's a unit, but it's any, any, anything over a million dollars, forget it, which is basically most apartments in the city. So if you can find a place under a million dollars in the city of Vancouver, they get scooped up. But you think about it, an right. 8% mortgage rates. Well, you get that stress dollars. test, right? When you get over when you get over a million dollars, the stress test will bust you because you, you have to go up to thirteen percent, yeah, right, in order to yeah, secure course. the mortgage, which which might actually help save uh, the Canadian banking system again because those stress tests have put it so high. I mean, there's Maybe. that that little like there is some good news in here, but we're focusing on what are the explosive stories. I can't believe we're going to continue to talk about Surrey Police Services. Did you hear about the Surrey Police Board's release yesterday? About Brett Lock and selling that part, or is that something else? Well, the, they, the, the Surrey Police Board saying, you know, you shouldn't we have concerns here. Yeah. yeah. We have some concerns. I mean, here. she's got to suck it up and start. You, you, you know, the decision's made. You got, you're the mayor of the town. You can still talk about the RCMP, but you got to think about safety in your town, man. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get her done. I talked to Melissa Granham, who's the, the executive director of the Surrey Police Board yesterday when I was on radio filling in. And uh, it was really fascinating to sort of talk things through with her um, mm -hmm. and just be like, you know what? Get to the table and let's collaborate. We need to get this done. It was it was actually very collaboration was a big part of it because Mayor Brenda Locke is really holding on to the fact that there's no plan is what she's saying. And it's like you are doing a disservice to those who are working like, come on. She is literally right now the antithesis of Brad West, in my opinion. Like mm -hmm. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. It's like, okay, you know what? <clears throat> and, and I spoke with actually a couple people on this subject. I talked to former city councilor, Jack Hundile, and, and he was talking about how the, the province bears some responsibility here. Sure. 
I think they delayed it way too long to put the mandate mm-hmm. down. It should have. It's too late to talk referendums. Everybody should stop with that already. And when when people are like, well, the people have spoken in the last provincial or last municipal election. What did 32 percent of people vote in the last municipal election? Yeah. But, so the people who voted definitely had a majority. But, you know, okay. and Brenda Locke has got her. She got her PR. She got her. Okay, you Ounce. fought the good fight. You got the foot. You fought the good fight. But now it's time to put on the mature pants here and say, yeah. okay, we got to start moving forward here. We got to put a plan together. It's my job as the mayor to do that. I'm on the board. I'm the mayor of the there town. There is a plan, though, got, George. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, I no, got to tell you though, plan, she great. and the council have to get going. Oh, I see. So, but she's saying the, the there police. is no. She's yeah. saying there is no plan. I don't have a plan and I haven't seen the plan, but she's holding up the budget because there's no plan. The reason why there's quote unquote no plan is the plan that has been in place uh, expired during the hiatus of council that expired during while well, everybody just went, you know what? Okay. The mandate has come down almost eight weeks ago. That's what's happening. And it was in her best interest to say, you know what? I'm just not going to do anything. And now we've got Surrey Police Services vehicles in a warehouse collecting dust. Surrey Police Services trained, some of them former RCMP, some of them municipal police from all over the country, who aren't allowed to be deployed in Surrey because the RCMP are saying, we don't want Surrey Police to get a foothold in here because we're holding out hope. And yesterday I had an aha moment, which I think you'll appreciate, is a former RCMP officer. uh, Bruce Pitt Payne is his name. He's former Maple Ridge. And I didn't know what he was going to give us in terms of his opinion, but I wanted it because it seemed more neutral than what mm-hmm. I'd been hearing. There's definitely polarizing pieces. And he said, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the federal government stepped in here and said, listen, we're done here. Transition to the RCMP to take it out of Brenda Locke's hands and be like, you know oh, what? From here where we're the boss of you, we're telling you Surrey RCMP to transition to the Surrey Police Services period and, and if let's it move happens, those cops to places that need them <laughs> across the country and if you want to yeah. stay in surrey join the force yeah. they'll take you this should all be collaborative it's embarrassing for surrey yeah, it is embarrassing yeah. for bc it's, and bruce said i got my i got my fellow former members uh he was a major crime investigator with the rcmp he's like the way i heard about what was happening in surrey is my former member colleagues from across the country were coming to me going, what's happening in Surrey? What the hell is happening out there? And, and I'll just remind, and, and the thing is, I'm going to remind people what I said, though, way back when this started, is that yeah. I still agree with Brenda Locke on this, and I was early saying this to you, saying, because I know Vancouver, that this Surrey police board or police force will cost 40% of their budget eventually, as it yep. does in Vancouver. So prepare yourself, Surrey residents. It's coming. Now, the decision's made, so you got to accept it, but it will become much, much more expensive to police Surrey than it was with the RCMP. And that's a fact of life. And that's what she's still grappling with. You're stuck with it now. So move forward, move get forward. going. It's going to suck for the taxpayers of Surrey. I can tell you that, but there you are. We're Honestly, gonna go. we we're did. Gonna go. Well, that's, that's almost 25 minutes. That's how fast that went by. We we're only going to do 15 minutes. Only do 15. <laughs> okay. Almost 30. Oops. Well, um, one more little lob in at the end, uh, a health note, as you know, I like to do. Um, the updated uh, Moderna vaccine for COVID-19, the Omicron BB 1.5, whatever, 
uh, is coming and you can get it with your flu shot. It's not going to be complex. We're not all going to special clinics and whatnot. You're going to just get it at your pharmacy and you're going to roll up your sleeve and it's going to help. This one updated. I spoke with Jason Tetro and uh, Dr. Brian Conway. Um, everybody is saying that this one will help you even defend against getting really? it again. And, and it's for people under 60? It's for or people. 60 Anybody who wants it? Months and older. Period. Oh, okay. Everybody so gets it. There was originally it. a thing saying that only 60 plus will get the next round of shots. Okay. No, well, this is a new upgraded. And if you don't want an mRNA, you can get the Novavax. And that is not the M mRNA technology. It works a little bit differently. But, uh, you know, getting some of the science around it. And I know people are like, how many boosters is this? Like, stop counting. I have no idea how many flu shots I've had in my life. And I'm no longer counting COVID-19 shots. When did you get your last tetanus shot? Is what you should be asking yourself. That you're supposed to do every 10 years. So if you haven't had a tetanus shot in 10 years, it's really important one. Go get it. There's a there's a shot. Tetanus, all shingles, RSV, shingles. pneumonia, new, pneumococcal pneumonia if you're over the age of 65. Also COVID-19. I You know what? They're calling it spike vax. It's not even the Moderna COVID vaccine anymore. It's called spike vax. So go get your spike vax. That's it for us. Where are we finding you? On social media. Underscore. This is George underscore. George underscore Affleck. You're also on the TikTok, right? I am George Affleck and Instagram George Affleck. And the other thing that the that Facebook tried for a little bit, I failed. Whatever, whatever that thing was called. Threads. Threads, see? Long gone. Threads, whatever yeah. that thing was <laughs> called. You're so funny. And you're... Um, your politician school now i can't remember what oh campaign the, the campaign university.com the campaign university.com launching this week in the u.s there you go the campaign university.com all right at jody vance you know that i'll see you on steel and vance thursday nights eight o'clock on check with my good friend linda steel peace out george nice to be back see you next week Bye. what if i do fast <laughs>